Get him stopped. Get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar did not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Inflated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows, and if you ain't right, they'll send your ass to the rear. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Open Red, the official podcast of the Ward of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, and the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series presented by Toyota. My name is Ross Weiss. Jason Reed, our guest on the show this week. Jason is the general manager at the Knoxville Raceway. We got him on the phone to recap the massively successful and huge week that was the 2023 NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals. Talked a lot about a lot of the happenings that happened within that week and some of the logistics that went on behind it and how they're already getting ready for 2024. Uh, So, uh... A lot of really cool insights into, of course, Jason's own backstory and what goes into making the Knoxville Nationals the the mega crown jewel destination event that it is for sprint car racing. So without any further ado, here's the Knoxville Raceway General Manager Jason Reed this week on Open Red. So this will now become an open red flag situation. So Jason, I I just want to start off. We're coming here. It's you know we're we're a week removed from the start of Knoxville Nationals as we're talking, but Knoxville twenty twenty three is in in the books. Uh, I mean, what are some kind of your takeaways? This was your first Nationals kind of at the helm, you know, in your 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 GM role. You started late last year, so what 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 are kind of your big takeaways from this year's running of the Knoxville Nationals? Um, I I really couldn't be more happier than how it went. Um. The two weeks before the nationals, I was so nervous I couldn't even sleep. You know, I've been I've been around this uh, my whole life and been involved with it on the fair board for the previous 15 years. But you know, I was just uh, and I, and I know it always goes it always goes good. But when just you know being the first year we're in this role, I was like, man, we gotta we gotta hit a home run here, you know. And and I really uh, uh, I can't I couldn't be happier the way it all went. Uh, it went off. We had a we had a game plan and uh, we pretty much stuck to it and it uh, went off almost flawlessly. I I couldn't be more happy. You you mentioned your roles on the the fair board in the past. What what was different about this Knoxville Nationals for you in this new GM role compared to your roles on the fair board in in the past? Yeah, well, being on the fair board, I mean, I knew I knew like uh, you know everything that happened as far as the drivers' meeting and and uh, you know sponsors, uh, whether it's a, a an issue, the plate they you know they have a sponsor banquet you know with their customers there, you know I knew all that stuff happened. But when you're when you're the one that's kind of taxed with to making sure that that all goes down like it's supposed to, you know, just adds a a, a little more. You, when you're the when you're the one helping behind the scenes to make sure all this happens. Uh, everything get is, uh, you know, whatever they need for ours, drinks and food, catering, uh, chairs, tables, you know, when you're, when you're the one that's kind of in charge to make sure all that's happening. And like I said, I've got a great crew, uh, and, uh, that they, they made it all happen. And, uh, you know, with, I helped, but they, they didn't, you know, most of the work, uh, it, it, it went great. So you mentioned, but before we go much farther, I want to talk about a little bit of your, your backstory, cause you've got a, 
you've, you've spent a lifetime there in the, the Marion County area, time on the fair board, but you started off, as I put together, you volunteered at the track as a as a kid, right? And then have kind of just been a part of Knoxville almost since yeah. day, day, day one for you, right? Right, yeah. As, as I was growing up, uh, my grandpa, he used to be on the fair board, uh, and then uh, my mom, uh you know, as she was growing up, she worked there, uh, under, cause he was in charge of all the concession stuff. So they got, uh, they, my mom and her sisters, they all worked there and then, uh, and brothers, I guess. And then, uh, then when I was, I was growing up, I started, you know, uh, working in whatever I needed to do. Uh, actually in, when I was, uh, younger, the concessions used to carry, uh, stuff up in the stands, you know, and sell it. I started out doing that. And then after graduating high school, then I kind of just started volunteering, helping at the fair and at the at the nationals, you know, uh, helping take tickets, do whatever needed until I was uh, until I got on the fair board. Uh, and then I was on the fair board for 15 years, of course, doing that. Uh, I was president for four of those years, which when, when you're the president of the fair board, you were you know pretty involved uh, uh, in all the operations of the event. So so I knew what a lot of, you know, I was at a lot of the stuff that went on, but then just uh it, but there was people there to make sure it happened. And now that I'm in this role, the, you, when you're the one making sure it happens, it uh, just adds a little more to it. How has seeing Knoxville Raceway and and working in so many different roles at Knoxville Raceway shaped your role and your position now as the GM? Uh, I think it helps, you know, uh, being on part of the fair board. I, I know what, what that group you know, uh, in in the end, uh, that's that we've got to generate the money to keep to keep the to keep the place going. You know, we we don't have a there's no owner that uh, you know if if things go bad, well they'll just write a check and and pay for it. We you know we it's it's a business, and so I know I know that aspect of it. I know what what's got to happen from that side just for being on the fair board for the last 15 years and what those guys expect. And then I also as a race fan and being around my whole life, you know, I know, I, I think I know what, uh, what they want to do, um, you know, to have a good time to make sure that everybody, uh, when they come, they got what they want and, and are able to uh, meet their accommodations. So, so I think, uh, my background of having experience on both sides of that has, uh, really helped, you know, to kind of oversee, you know, um, the, the whole aspect of, uh, what needs to go to make this an event, you know, we, we don't want to just make it a, it's not just another race. It's a, it's an event. We want to have some, you know, for people, they want to be able to, you got to go to Knoxville because you can do the X, Y, and Z, you know, all day. And then you get to go to the races at night too. So, uh, so that's, that's what we're striving to do to make it, you know, everybody, we want to, we want to raise the bar and, uh, make it that, uh, everybody looks up to, um, what, what, what we're doing as, uh, as the, you know, what they want to do to make their event grow from uh, a fan interaction to, to banners. I mean, anybody that's around here, you can see the, the amount. I don't know. We should keep track of how many feet of banners we put up because it's it's unreal. I know I know the one banner, we got one banner that's 465 feet long. I know that. The, I know we do have that one. So, but yeah, I don't know what the total footage of banners is, but I should I should look into that. I I want to ask you about the, the team you've got there at Knoxville Raceway because there's a lot of people that fans have direct interaction with, a lot of people that fans don't have direct interaction with, but you've got a, a really kind of small core group of, of full-timers and you bring in a bunch of part-time staff that helps on race nights. But uh, tell me about the team of people you've got that make Knoxville Raceway happen. Yeah, I mean, essentially there's only uh, there's uh, uh, like four full-time employees and, and John McCoy who kind of runs the race and uh, he's retired from his uh, county job they had before. So we consider him full-time, but he's really only, you know, he's only working 
he only wants like a thousand hours a year. So he works the works the summer months uh, and takes care of all the racing, which is great because he he does a great job. He's on top of it as far as safety and uh, and, you know, making sure the show runs. So uh, got I don't have to worry about that part of it. You know, John takes care of the, the racing part of it. And then uh, Gary Schumacher having the office, he uh, he's the one that takes care of the counting, uh, paying the bills and and uh woes me down when i think when he thinks i'm spending too much on uh, something so that's good to have there and then david hayes has came on uh board um this year took over as a ticket manager and has done a great job this was his first uh his first nationals also in that role and you know so i knew there might be some maybe some growing pains going through that but he uh, excelled and did very good all week long and then after that like i said yeah it's just all part-time people um, Jim Mutamark and Laura Shepard, they're both teachers here in town, uh, that worked all summer for me out there. And, uh, you know, they, they do a great job. Uh, Jim kind of hand handles, uh, what we, we call the, the banner boys. That's another group of, uh, six, seven individuals that we got that are, they're hanging, they hang all the banners, tear down the banners, replace, you know, uh, after a night, if a car gets into one, tears one up, they replace them the next day. And, uh, and then just doing anything else. If we need tables and chairs set up, you know, uh, whatever we got to ask for that group, they do it and, and don't complain. And they work, you know, they're seven in the morning till the races are over. So 10, 11 o'clock at night, whatever it is. And they do it every day and, and do great. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, like Angie, you Jim's wife, she, she takes care of my credentials building and, uh, she does such a great job uh, about that. I, you know, I don't have to worry about that at all. She, she knows she's getting, she's done it for several years now. got to know a lot of the people. And if there's any questions, whatever, she just calls me. But other than that, it runs seamlessly. So, uh, lots of good people. And then there's just, uh, from the track officials to the, um, fire and rescue that we have, that's all, you know, that they're every week. Uh, it's just a, a mass amount of people from four time, four full-time employees to, you know, 150, 200 employees that make it go, you know, uh, uh, on Saturday or the, during the nationals, uh, it's just, it's a great group of people. So you said earlier, your, your goal was really to, to, to hit a home run, right? Um, right. so take me back to this, this past Saturday night, you sold out the grandstands well in advance. First time yep. I first time I had ever seen a racetrack say they had sold out on pit passes. I'd I'd say you maybe did more than a home run. Y'all might have gone straight for the grand slam. Yeah, I, I as I said, I couldn't I couldn't be more happier. And that is that is true. I because uh, I got to thinking Saturday night, man, how do we top this in twenty twenty four? So so that's going to take some planning. And uh, but yeah, no, I was beyond uh, happy. And it, I mean, because even. Um, Saturday night, you know, we had people calling, man, I got to have a pit pass. And, you know, everybody, you know, there's just people that were still thinking that they could get in and we just didn't have any more room. You know, it was, uh, uh, it was, it, it was a great feeling, but it was also, I was like, man, I wish we could accommodate these people, you know, that the, still want to be, we still got more people part of the event and we can't, we just can't accommodate them just for safety reasons. You know, we, uh, we were full up. So, uh, it was great, uh, great feeling to have, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm beyond excited how it went. So I know one thing I wanted to ask you about logistically is, you know, you're in the middle of that massive day on on Saturday with all these thousands of people on the property. And then, oh, and in the middle of it, you get word, well, here comes the governor and a national politician to do an appearance as well. What kind of logistics does that throw into the middle of an already crazy event when you've got Kim Reynolds and Ron DeSantis coming to visit the the Knoxville Nationals? 
Yeah, as, as you can imagine, that's a logistical nightmare because, you know, it's not just those two that come. You know, they've got all their their uh, managers and their staff and security. And and uh, anybody that's been around Knoxville knows that there's just not extra parking spots sitting around, you know. So, yeah, uh, it took a lot of planning. We planned that a couple of weeks before. And then uh, actually Thursday afternoon, I once again didn't really have the time, but we we spent a couple hours, you know, laying out where everybody was going to go, where we were going to park. Uh, um, it, it all w- turned out really good. Um, I was glad. I was really glad we was able to get Governor uh, Kim Reynolds down here. Um, she's a very avid uh, state fair goer, so she's used it that all the time. But she did take time to come down here, and I I'm glad for that. And she uh, she had been several years since she's been here, so she said, oh, "Man, she was really impressed." Well, you know, with what we were doing there. So that so I mean, I think that on that side of it, it was good for us. Uh, I don't know that we want to do that every year with a, <laughs> a presidential candidate because. Uh, yeah, there's uh, some nightmares to go with that. But, no, overall, I thought it turned out really well. And uh, One other thing I wanted to ask you about from the week, a, a, lot, a lot of fans would have seen several members from the Make-A-Wish organization like under the grandstands and all around the facility all week. But tell me about what was going on there with the Make-A-Wish folks on site. Yeah, that was an unbelievable uh, uh, thing that we were able to do. Um, you want to talk about making you making you feel good, even though you've got uh, thirty thousand other people there. Um, that they contacted me. Oh, I don't know, it's probably four or five months ago, and said they had a uh, a little girl that had a wish uh, from, from the Make a Wish Foundation that uh, she wanted to attend the Knoxville Nationals. Now, when I when I had that call, I'm like, man, everyone I've seen before, they want to go to the uh, the world series or, you know, the Indy 500 and, and to have one that wanted to come to the Knoxville nationals, I was like, man, we got to make this a home run. And that was unbelievable. Um, the rate, the way the racing community, which does not surprise me, but when I, I reached out to a couple different drivers that, uh, um, her favorite driver was McKenna and, uh, and Brian Brown. So I reached out to both of them, you know, and they were both all, yeah, tell me what we got to do. And I said, well, now this is during nationals week. Then like, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then, I mean, those are the only two I talked to, and then word just spread, and then all of a sudden I had other drivers, um, Musco, Casey's, they heard about it. Everybody just wanted to be involved in it. And uh, actually, I just got done doing an interview uh, with the Make-A-Wish right before talking to you, Ross, and uh, they, they said the family was just blown away by the outpouring from the racing community that they were offered. Uh, they got more T-shirts and uh, opportunities you know, uh, going in people's trailers and just checking everything out. Uh, they sat in the Casey suite, the Musco suite. They sat in ours. They were down in Victory Lane. Uh, they were part of the Queen contest. It was just uh, uh, a mind blowing the, uh, the way the racing community reached, was a, uh, bent over backwards to do whatever they needed to do uh, to make that uh, family very happy. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, beyond uh, blessed on uh, giving that opportunity. And I hope that someday we get to do that again because it was just an unbelievable feeling to be able to offer that to a family and then uh, get the uh, results that we had. Even outside of our our racing family, I know one detail you mentioned to me but before we started this that I want to make sure and call out. You said even the the folks across the street at the Knoxville Hy-Vee got involved with it as as well. Right. Yeah, uh, McKenna, you know, she's got a, a, a deal with a Hy-Vee on her race car, but then they did it and then uh, – they, you know, they just told the the family, hey, uh, when you get ready to go home, uh, just come over here and get a shopping cart, uh, get all you need, and and we'll sack it up and go on your way. You know, as yeah, everybody everybody got involved. Uh, I had uh, people coming up to me during the races, 
uh, from different uh, companies and organizations saying, hey, we want to give them all T-shirts, you know, of ours. And they want shirt sizes and stuff. So, so yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, we didn't broadcast it to everybody that we were doing it. And then people would just see them, you know, there and, and start asking questions. And then then they were coming to me or other people on my team or the Make-A-Wish group, you know, saying, what what can we do to be involved? How can we help? And so it was a, a unbelievable, uh, great, great, great thing that happened. So you mentioned our, earlier our already thinking about what to make bigger and better for 2024. How how long is the the the, the notebook already for next year? We well, Jim Mark and I we created a, a Google document where we can just start putting down notes. You know things that we want to do different, what we want to improve. Yeah, it's already uh, we've got several pages on it already of you know uh, things that we want to do and uh, you know just critique a little bit to to make it a little bit better and then. Uh, and then just trying to brainstorm of what's next. What 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 other opportunity we can we give to to the fans and the drivers and the teams that uh, that may not get at other events that uh, we want to do here. Well, all right. On that note, Jason Reed, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me today in the midst of a pretty busy media campaign. It sounds like so. I uh, thank you for a, a few minutes today on the phone. I'll let you get back to it there at Knoxville. Uh, and as you guys get ready here in about a week and a half to wrap up your year and uh, go quiet for a while and get ready for next year. Yep, I appreciate you, Ross. I appreciate everything you guys do for the sport of uh, sprint car racing and us here at Knoxville. And uh, it's been an honor to talk to you. You hear the air horn sounding, marking the final two minutes of the open red flag conditions. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here on Open Red. Thanks to every one of you for listening. A few housekeeping notes before we wrap it up this week. Please do not forget to rate, review, and follow Open Red on whatever platform you were listening to it on. So drop a few stars, leave a comment, hit that follow button. That really helps push the show into the feeds of people who aren't subscribed to the show and listening every week yet. Don't forget to follow the World of Outlaws and the Extreme Outlaw Midgets on social media across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. There's accounts there to follow one or both series everywhere. If you have suggestions for guests on the show, don't forget to tweet me at Ross and use that hashtag open red anytime you have a thought on the show or a note to get to me as well. Again, thanks everybody for listening. That's going to do it this week. We'll see you next time on Open Red. Hashtag open red.